Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. This segment is brought to you by Jigmasters. Step up your game with high-quality performance jigs, spinner baits, buzz baits, and more from Jigmasters.com. And always, when in doubt, get the jig out. Welcome to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. This is the final cast segment with your hosts, Brad Hicks and Josh Eldridge, where we cast our final opinions on all products good and bad. Welcome to the final cast. You're listening to the final cast on the Pedal and Fin Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brad. Uh, Josh, Jimmy, you guys need to stop doing that in the green room. Hey, I'm jealous of y'all's intro music. It's very my taste, so I got to get the head banging in while I can. Dude, I was laughing. I was like, I'm going to laugh when I start. <laughs> uh, I can't help it, man. It's a good it's a good tune. It is. I like it. I'm it's it's, it's new- me and you. I'm loving the new program where we can actually like we can hear it when we record and it's not just edited in after. Yeah. Uh, it kind of hypes you up for the show. Yeah. I like it too. It's pretty cool. And then Brad talks and brings it all back down. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why we don't listen to this guy. <laughs> if you can all see, we don't have Brad's lovely face tonight. His uh video keeps lagging out, so you're gonna see this weird little uh non photo uh avatar thing do you see it too when he talks it the highlights a little bit yeah highlights oh it does i never noticed yeah. so brad's basically a computer program he's been reduced to a bubble <laughs> well let's get in the show now let's not hold off any longer we got andrew stern from bending branches on the show how you doing good how we doing fellas great good doing killer man good so uh, what we like to do uh, when we uh, introduce our guests, we'd like to get a background on them and uh, what they do and everything they're involved in. So uh, hand it over to you. Awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, so I've been at many branches for almost a decade to the day, actually. Um, and uh, 32, living in western Wisconsin, working in marketing, been running marketing for, for branches for a while. And um what I do for fun, uh, love to golf, bike, exercise, get outside, travel, hike, pretty much anything outside. Um, most of my backgrounds in kayaking. Um, so I've been a pretty, pretty serious kayaker for as long as I've done this. Uh, I can pretty much do anything in a boat. Um, 
still have work to do on uh, on casting, but I uh, I can pull my weight um, when I need to. But uh, yeah, that's that's me. Yeah, nothing too crazy here. Awesome. Uh, so let's uh, go into the background of bending branches, how they got started, and uh, how they got to where they are now. Yeah, cool. Uh, so we started. Uh, our company started in 1982. You know, so we're going on four decades as an organization, and we started in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as a company that manufactured just two things. We manufactured uh, canoe paddles, wooden canoe paddles, in the summer months, and we would manufacture hockey sticks in the winter months. And, and that was it. And that's all we did for for almost two full decades until 2002, is uh, is is manufacture those those goods. So if you're if you're a older hockey player, especially from the upper Midwest or Canada, you're probably quite familiar with Benny Branch's hockey sticks. Uh, they were a favorite for a long time, especially collegiately, um, known for that sort of thing. And then and then canoe sticks for you know old white folks, uh, you know that love love the the, the joy of wood in in a, in a canoe. Um, and then in 2002, we discontinued our uh, our manufacturing of hockey sticks. We got out of hockey, and that was a really big deal in that in that industry. We discontinued manufacturing goods because the the market was growing too fast, and the eastens of the world were making it unprofitable for us to go after Wayne Gretzky and others like that. So we uh, we got out of hockey and we invested in this new sport or new at the time called kayaking. And at, in the early 2000s, people started really embracing kayaking. Cabin owners. And families and uh, couples like to get out on the water and do recreational kayaking, you know, in uh, seven to 12 foot boats. Uh, and that's the sport that we decided to embrace. So we became a, a canoe and kayak manufacturer, a paddle manufacturer. And that's, that's all we did. And that's all we've done. And in 2010, uh, at that time, so think back to 2010, this is well before kayak fishing was it, what, what it is today, right? So there was only Hobie making pedal drives, you know, the, one of their first Mirage drive patents at the time in 2010. Native was fresh into kayak fishing. Jackson had just designed some of their first boats with the Kusa. And uh, a lot of those companies came to us and they said, hey, we, we, need, we need paddles. We need kayak paddles. The, the current market's not, not, not working for us. It's not sufficient. They're not long enough. They're not durable enough. There's nothing that speaks to us. Uh, can, you make, can you make paddles for us? And we started to work with Drew Gregory and people like that, some of the early you know, founders and, and innovators in the industry. And we said, what do you want? What do you need? What works? What are you looking for? Um, what do you do with it? And in 2011, we introduced our first family of kayak fishing specific paddles. And I remember outdoor retailer that very first summer, people laughed at us. They were like, what? This is never going to work. People are, mm -hmm. people are never going to fish from kayaks like long term. You know, they, they want they want something with a motor. They want to relax. They want to drink beer and, you know, tell stories. And we said, all right, well, we're going to go after it because we, we feel like there's a market here. Um, and uh, we are the first company to embrace kayak fishing paddles. And then two, three, four years later, um, everyone was ripping off our, our stuff. Everyone was going after kayak fishing paddles and getting after that market. We didn't have a single competitor that didn't go after the same market that we were already, you know, already embracing. And and that's that's how we got started in this industry. And you know, the sports evolved, right? So you know, we're not we're not stupid. People are fishing from pedal drive kayaks a lot. I mean, there's more more enthusiast anglers in, in kayaks that are fishing from mechanized boats versus pedal boats. And and that's that's something we're fully aware of, we're fully embracing, we're fully tuned into. We do our research, we listen to you guys uh, 100%. Uh, and I would say, I, I'm, I'm sure we're gonna talk about this in more detail, but I mean, well, how does a, how does a paddle company stay relevant 
in uh, in this ever evolving market, and it's something I'm excited to talk to you about. But yeah, that's that's the background on us, almost four decades. And you know, now when you look at our company, we we do everything. I mean, if you paddleboard, if you whitewater kayak, canoe, fish from kayaks, I mean, you name it, we've got something specifically for you. Um, so that's uh, we're we're pretty cool, pretty cool company. We got, let's see, we we in a normal year we'd have about 40 employees, 36 to 40 employees uh, here at our factory in Western Wisconsin. You know, but uh, kayak fishing and paddle sports has just exploded in 2020. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, as as unfortunate as the COVID pandemic has been, outdoor recreation is astronom astronomically insane. For sure. um, and I'm sure you guys are, are talking. I mean, you guys are the gear podcast. So I'm sure you guys are talking with people who are all, you know, um, uh, reaping the rewards of, of this current demand. And we've certainly been fortunate as well. Um, but uh, yeah, so our, our factory right now, I think even in the winter months when normally we'd be we'd be scaling back a little bit. I think right now we have 58 employees. Wow. Um, and uh, our, our December right now. So the December that we just wrapped up was uh, was twice our best December ever and three and a half times our December of 20. Um, let's see, but that would be 2020. Yeah. So 2020. So, I mean, that just shows you still. How how crazy this 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 market is right now? That's impressive. I, I didn't realize it was that crazy for you guys. Yeah. I've, the one question I've got from this is, I would pay. It, well, it's a statement and a question. I would pay really good money for it, but y'all have got to have a bending branches hockey stick laying around somewhere that you want to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, we do. We got a lot of them. That would yeah. be a sick wall hanger that I would love. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy. People send them to us. Really? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you uh, my address. They can just forward it to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll throw a photo on the uh, Facebook page for people that want to see it. They're really cool. They were really robust, super heavy, uh, incredibly heavy, um, but super robust. Yeah, I found that really interesting. I never knew that about bending branches. So that that is pretty cool. Uh, do you, so do you have a favorite hockey team then? No, nope. <laughs> I don't really like hockey. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you can't live in the upper Midwest and not embrace hockey. You would, right. you'd, you'd be thrown out of your in-laws. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I would probably have to say the Minnesota Wild. I mean, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin, uh, yeah. born and raised, and there's no team here, so I'd probably have to say our 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 fellas to the to the West. Oh, That's yeah. cool, man. Really cool. I'm just glad he didn't say Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> I know, cause we had a, we would add a bromance. Jeez. <laughs> Let's see, you guys. So, so Josh, you and Brad are from Ohio, right? Yeah, we actually before I moved, Brad and I lived within five minutes of each other, and it was funny because we didn't meet each other really until not this past summer, the summer before. And um, I was like, "Hey, dude, you want to go fishing?" And then one day I dropped him off, and I was cracking up because we met up. Or no, I didn't. I didn't I don't remember what it was. For some reason, we, maybe it was when I met up, we were dropping some products off to each other. And I stopped by his house. I'm like, Brad, dude, I live just straight up the road from you, <laughs> five minutes away. Yep. And um, But yeah, we're both from the Dayton, Ohio area. Dayton, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, pretty cool. That's awesome. So let, let, let's get into a little paddle talk. You guys want to start out with, I know Jimmy's biting at the bit to talk about the Navigator. You, you want to start there? Sure. I just, I you know, it's a great paddle. Um, it's they all look really good. I was probably attracted just to that wood finish more than anything, and mm -hmm. uh, I'd really just like if you break it down, uh, 
I mean, obviously no trade secrets on how it's made or anything. I know you don't want to get rid of that, but you know, for anybody looking at a, you know, carbon fiber shaft, wooden, you know, bladed paddle, if you just want to talk about how that came to be or yeah. just whatever you want to. Yeah. So, so the angler navigator, um, it's been around a couple of years now. So if you just roll, roll the, roll the, the rewind back a little bit. So, I mean, we've done wood forever. I mean, that's how we started. That's what we do. We specialize in wood. And if you, if you don't think about kayak fishing specific product, but you think about canoeing product, think about stuff your, 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 your grandparents and parents would use. Benny branches was known because our wood was suit. We had some of the best woods, durable woods, dense woods, long lasting woods, our varnish. So the finish on the wood is, is one of our patents that people try and rip off constantly. And, and I think mm. it's pretty proprietary. Um, the rock guard, which is that wooden tip protection. I mean, that's mm -hmm. how our company got started in 1982. Our founders started protecting canoe paddles with that, that rock guard. It basically, it's like a rollerblade ball heated up, melted and, and molded onto the, the ingrained into the wood to protect it from cracking and, and warping and, and, you know, spreading like wood does when it gets wet and, and expands over time. Um, and then our glues. So our glue, how we get those glue, those, those pieces of wood to stick together is, is our third patent and what's proprietary. So, I mean, you think about it, we've been doing it for four decades. I mean, we know it better than anyone. So when we decided mm -hmm. to introduce wood into fishing, it was a no brainer. And how it started was a lot of our team members were, were buying the, 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 the kayak navigator, not the fishing navigator, the kayak navigator, which is a navigator that's short in length, long skinny blades, and it's meant for sea kayaking. And we were like, guys, stop, stop using this paddle. It's not for you. It's not robust. It's not robust <laughs> enough. It's not designed for the weight in, in, in your boat. It's not, it's not designed for what you guys are doing. And, and, and they were like, then make us one that does. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, and, and that's, that's, that's what we did. So we took, we took the traditional navigator, which has been around since 2009 and we made a more robust version of it. And, a real quick question. Were they yeah. using that just based off aesthetics or was there Aesthetic. like a, yeah. hundred okay. percent aesthetics. And another thing that we didn't realize, uh, but, but, but our team told us. So if you ask uh, like a Jameson Redding or a Drew Gregory, or one of those guys that was a part of the early concept, Jameson Redding will tell you, he actually invented it. He, 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 for, for the sake of his ego, let's just say he did, uh, <laughs> in case he's listening. Uh, but, but anyways, uh, yes, mainly aesthetics. But what he said, he said the, the wood is way quieter. And he, he said, if, if, if you're if you're competitive um, or, you know, if, if you're doing any type of, you know, specific, you know, treading to get to a certain location, like noise means more than people realize. And um, compared to plastic or composites, the, the wood blade was a big deal to him. So that was how it got started is the original navigator and the quietness. Um, and then we said, OK, you know, so. One of the things that you pay for when you pay for our stuff is the the engineering that goes into it behind it. Mm -hmm. You buy a cheap paddle, an Asian source paddle, a private label paddle. Like there's no testing behind it. it I'm sure it's fully functional. It might get you want, get you what you want to do. But what you're paying for is somebody that literally tests it. Somebody that says, okay, if you got a guy, who's 350 pounds, you know, he's got an 80 pound kayak and he's got another 50, 75 pounds of gear in it. You know, what, what type of paddle do you need that's going to fit this application? And then when he's got a brace or he's in rapids or if he's going to push off something, like what does it need? And that's how the navigator evolved into something bigger, stronger. It's by no means a light paddle. I don't believe it's light at all, especially compared to something like the Angler Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's designed to be light and quiet and stiff and robust. 
and really kind of take on any of those conditions that uh, people want. It's beautiful. That's what most people are attracted to. Uh, but I, I, when somebody says, you know, why would I buy the Angler Navigator? I say it's quiet, it's strong, it's beautiful, and it's going to last a really long time. Yeah, and it, I can, you know, the, the one of the guys that talked me into getting it. I mean, I, I liked it right off the get go because, I mean, it's like a good looking wood panel wagon, man. That thing's looks sharp. But uh, he was talking about like when the spring, when he's bed fishing, that's the paddle he goes to because it's so quiet. And I, and I've noticed, like, if you watch the water when you make a paddle stroke, the way it runs off that blade, versus you know, I've got the, I'm trying, I can't remember. It's like the Cryptek. Uh, 260 angler pro and uh like i think that one carves better as far as like making hard turns mm -hmm. but you can you can hear the water run off of it a little more and just mm -hmm. like if you watch it's like how much water the paddles displacing versus the other the the navigators just a step up in my opinion and it i don't think it's too much heavier if i don't either they're pretty close to me. I mean, yeah. I think it's it. what three, three ounce difference or something like that from the angler pro. It's five, five, five. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's that much heavier in my opinion. Yeah. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load without the right boots. You could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge at midway USA. We make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Yeah, but in our in our world, every quarter ounce matters. Oh, yeah. Quite, quite oh, yeah. So sure. five, five ounces to us is... Like yeah, see, and when I'm talking paddles with somebody... And they're they're like, why why buy a two hundred ninety nine dollar paddle? I'm like, I'm telling you, hold this one. That, <laughs> I, that's why I, I give them the paddle. I hold, I let them hold this one. Then I go over to our shop, uh, let them hold the other paddle, like a uh, competitor's paddle. And they're like, holy crap! I, I understand why. I'm like, if you're paddling with that heavier paddle all day long, you're gonna get tired quick. I've done it. Yeah. Yeah, weight's we, a big deal, you know, and that's that's our livelihood, you know. So our origin, is, you know, before fishing, like I said, is is to be the lightest paddle at every price point. And that mm -hmm. was a mindset we had to shift. I mean, we still are motivated by being the lightest paddle at every, every price point, but beyond that, it has to be functional, okay? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to put in an application where it's going to break, you know, you're welcome to buy four $30 or $40 or $50 paddles, you know, when they break, when you put them in applications they're not designed for. But I, just today, I took a call from a guy who's had a paddle for four years, took care of it like it was his baby. It's a $200 paddle. I had to convince his wife. Basically, it was like taking a second mortgage to buy a $200 paddle. <laughs> and he accidentally drove over it. And he's like, what do I do? My wife's going to kill me. I can't do this again. And I was just like, we'll replace the shaft. That's fine. Yeah, just send it to us and we'll put a new shaft on there. And he's like, seriously? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. We're replacing 35-year-old paddles all the time, dude. And just... That's awesome. Send it, send it in. We'll get you fixed up. That's what you pay for. We got we got sixty people here in Western Wisconsin who you know uh, you need need something to do. So give them something to to build. Our technicians need need something to do. So absolutely, that's awesome. See that that's a company that that's what I look for in a company. That somebody that takes care of their customers like that. It's it's awesome. It, a lot of the times you don't see that nowadays 
for for whatever reason they'll make you pay like a small fee or anything something like that just to get it back in working order you know yeah uh, well, I mean, I could talk about service and warranties and and all that stuff for an entire podcast on its own. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you can't you can't be a paddle company for forty years if you don't stand behind your product. Um, and, and generally speaking, every time you do a warranting claim, the uh, if the company takes care of you, they're losing money. And we realize that, and we don't care. But it's more important that you get something you're proud of, get something that's right, get something that lasts. Well, it, it'll make return customers. I mean, they may they may keep that paddle for oh, themselves yeah. forever, but. Like me, like I need to get a, a paddle for my wife. Uh, got a paddle for my daughter recently for her, one of the whispers. Um, and it, you know, you take care of people. Look, they come back. I mean, I'll, I think I've had three of them now. Do I need three paddles? No, but bought them anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's uh, switch over to the Angler Pro, and this is where I wanted Josh to talk a little bit about it because he's he's owned one, and he actually was the one that got me into using mine, and he let me use it on my first trip. So he, let's talk about that. Yeah, I um I started out with um, the Angler Scout, and my first boat was the Coos HD, and I got I kind of got into kayak fishing and almost took myself right out of it because the first kayak trip i ever went on was bar and somebody's little sit inside field and stream and it was awful most un- uncomfortable thing i'd probably ever done in my life like i'd been canoeing and i'd never been kayaking and it was awful and so but i kind of still really wanted to do it so i just waited around and actually saved up money and got a nice kayak and it was a coos hd back in like 2015 and so I got bad advice and this is something Andrew that I want you to touch on with people in regards to what kind of length of paddle they should get and what you should really kind of look into. Uh, there's a big mistake that I made and I see a lot of people make it is when they, they may go blow the extra money on a kayak or something like that, that they necessarily don't need. And they don't really take in consideration how important a a paddle is. And my experience was getting that angler scout. It's not a bad paddle by any means. Um, What I did wrong was I got the wrong size. Um, And when that happened, I was using a 240 and a 34 inch wide kayak. And so I used to hit the side of my kayak all the time because the way I kind of paddle my paddle stroke tends to be more kind of upright and not far reaching. And so I would swipe the side of my boat constantly. Um, mix that with the, you know, the angler scout is like you were talking about. It's the lightest uh, paddle that's out there for that price point, but it's not exactly light compared to like the angler pro. Um, which I how I learned later on after I bought one that that thing that thing's probably been my favorite like accessory buy for kayak fishing I've ever had. Like to this day, I, there's still not been one thing that changed everything for me, like made it much more enjoyable to be out on the water and you know that sort of thing. It was just crazy because like I didn't it even helped relieve my back pain because I was taking less paddle strokes, you know, because mm-hmm. of the efficiency and how lightweight it was. And, um, but yeah, like, so I was, you know, I'm six feet tall. I have fairly long arms and I was using a 240, and it just, it didn't work right at all. And the reason why was I was told that 
semi based it off of my height and my weight, like as me as a person, how big I was. And it had nothing to really kind of do with that. Um, and I got to talk to somebody and they kind of were like, it's more about your arm length and what you, how you paddle like the most efficient way. Like everybody's kind of got their own like difference. You want to touch on that? Yeah. We'll, we'll go over like, you know, why the, the Angular Pro is such a, a good paddle as well. So if I could, I would talk to every single every single fisherman or fisher lady that bought our paddle. I, I would talk to them before they bought it. And I would just be like, okay, tell me your specs. What boat are you in? How tall are you? Tell me about your paddling. Where are you going? What are you doing? Um, how active? How long are you out? Those types of questions. And I would get you, every person could get specific size. So the, the, one of the biggest problems we have as a, as a paddle company is we want you to paddle more. The more, the more you paddle, the more you fish, the more likely you are to embrace and, and upgrade your gear and get, you know, whatever. You understand. But the problem is, is people, they, they do one of two things. They don't invest the time in finding the right paddle. They just spent $1,500 on a kayak. They've already spent a ton of money on their other gear, rods, tackle, bait, whatever. And they're like, now i got to buy a paddle and a PFD. I'm exhausted. Like, mm -hmm. I, just tell me what I need. And, and and they neglect or they don't do the right research when they don't when they when completely forget that that's your motor. I mean, yeah. would you neglect the motor of your car before you drove it off a lot? Of course not. Right. Um, and it's, it's really the same thing. So so size sizing is a huge deal. To break down the size specifically, first of all, what most people do is they default to our kayaking sizing guide, just kayaking, and it's not kayak fishing. It's kayaking. So it's designed mm -hmm. for seven to 12 foot recreational kayaks people who want to putz around on their on their on their lake that's not most anglers that's not the kusa hd yeah when you move over to this kayak fishing specific guide we're now taking into account additional factors we're taking into high low seat options we're taking into mm -hmm. account mechanized versus paddle kayaks we're taking into account additional factors so in the most basic sense the table that we use is how wide your kayak is and how tall you are how tall you are tells us how long your arms are, how big your torso is, how wide your kayak is, is how long do we need that shaft to be to get the blade sufficiently in the water. Okay, so that's the most basic thing. But there's about there's about three to five other factors that you can take into account that'll get you as close to perfect size as humanly possible, right? So the first is the high-low seat option. Take a look at your seats. Does it have a standard higher seat or is it more shallow and into the kayak a little bit? Do you have a high-low seat movement option? Because that'll probably want, you probably want some variety or, or maybe an adjustable length ferrule. Um, your paddling technique. So like you said, Josh, you're a little bit uh, what we call high angle. And that means the blade is closer in the water. You're more vertical with your stroke. It's more athletic. Usually you use more of your core. You go at faster paces, those sorts of things. Typically it will size you down. Mm -hmm. um, also the gunwale or the body of your kayak. Typically that'll help us you know, know if you've got a sufficient blade or not. Additionally, your body style. You know, If you're a bigger guy, you're probably gonna have a certain type of more horizontal, probably relaxed paddling tendency. So there's these little factors that you can see on our website or you can talk to somebody at our company and they'll make sure they'll be like, you know what? 240 is never going to work in a Kusa HD unless you're above four foot five. Yeah. You know, I want to show you something probably closer to the 260 range, which I think will be sufficient in length, uh, especially given your height and the seat position of that boat design. So again, getting the right size is huge. There's other factors that an expert can, can tell you about and make sure, but really we want to make sure it fits your, your paddling style your boat, the types of waters you're going to be in, those sorts of things. Those little extra things, quick questions we can ask that'll move you one way or the other and get you closer to 
the right size. Heck yeah. Well, I'd almost guarantee both of mine are wrong then. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's a lot. But I've, I've also, you know, I, I used a bunch of different paddles, like lengths of y'all's, to see what I felt more comfortable with. And in my, you know, I'm only 5'7", but in my shorter, narrower boat, the 240 is just more comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. And then in my, you know, 41 inch wide frontier 12, I could use all the way up to a 280 in that I've, I've kind of went all around and tried and from 260 to 280, they all, you know, are a good fit. Yeah. Fr- frontier for sure. A lot of 270, 280s in the frontier for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, so like a good rule of thumb is if you have people at home right now and they're thinking like, all right, is my paddle too long or too short? Go sit in your kayak right now and do your normal paddle stroke. And if your first 20 strokes, your hands hit the side of your kayak once, your paddle's probably too short. Hmm. If the the whole blade, or we typically say the 80% rule. So if at least 80% of the blade is not in the water, your paddle's too short. And then the other thing too, is if you've got four inches or more of your shaft in the water, your paddle's too long. Hmm. What happens when your paddle's too long, you get extra weight, your kayak zigzags, and you're just overall inefficient. Yeah. Um, so what's more common, uh, unfortunately, is the short. So h- hands on the side of the, the gun wall, 80% mm-hmm. of the blades or more. If those two things aren't happening, your paddle's probably too short. Right. And it, it seems like a 260 centimeter is probably like the sweet spot for most people, right? Yeah, it's it's become our best. I would say three years ago, 250 was our best seller. 260 is now our best seller. Yeah. Yeah, especially with all the boat designs. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they're just getting wider and wider. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these but the boats aren't getting smaller by any means. So right. No. <laughs> See, I, I'm I'm using a 270. You think that's weird for what I do? Don't ever let anyone uh, paddle size shame you if that, yeah. that a thing, right? <laughs> because, because there's so many there's so many factors. Like you, you, right. could the, you could be the same height as somebody in the same same boat. And have different paddling styles and have completely different paddle length. It, it's, you know, I'm I'm gonna run around now and tell everybody that Brad's compensating for something with his paddle. <laughs> it's like, hey, is it too long? <laughs> <laughs> but no, number- Andrew, you, made, you made a point though because I was in there. You know, I kept thinking, you know, like I needed a a longer paddle just based off of the fact that I kept hitting the side of my boat, but with my paddle style it wouldn't that wouldn't have made sense you were saying then it might be you a shorter one might work out well but i kind of started to as i as you were talking about that i was kind of like trying to think okay well that kind of contradicts what i said but then i thought about when was it that what would be happening where i would hit my boat like that and where it was happening was when i was making adjustments not when i was just straight just paddling like if i'm fishing or whatever and i'm trying to turn that's where i was having the issues at i couldn't reach out and grab enough water i was too close to the boat you know yeah. making quick adjustments while i was fishing or you know because i fish rivers a lot um yeah. so that's kind of where i was i was trying to think i'm like okay well that makes sense but why was that why would i be hitting the side of my boat and that's i was sitting there thinking about the situations where it was occurring and that makes sense. So, but I mean, I made the jump from that Angler Scout to the Angler Pro, and I never looked back, man. It was like I said, the single best accessory that I gotten for my kayak fishing, my career so far is just that was it. It was lights out. It, allevi- it alleviated back pain for me. 
Um, it made my time enjoyable out there. I mean, I always have fun, but like, you know, you just get done. Your shoulders are sore. Your core is sore. You know, and I don't have that this frequent. And um, you know, a lot of people look at that and they're like, "Man, that ninety nine dollars is versus two ninety nine. You know, and it's like. And I told like because I remember talking to Brad about it. One of the couple first times Brad and I went out, and I'm like, dude, I know you're gonna think it's crazy, but like it's worth every penny. Like I was like, you know, it is expensive, but. I was like, it's it's night and day difference of using the heavier paddle versus a lighter paddle, you know, paddle. And, um, you know, I, the thing I can tell people is, you know, I've always said, always go for the longer kayaks when you first start out and also go for an expensive paddle. Like you said, it's the motor. It, it, it will make your life much much easier especially if you're new to it you know there's i that's the thing is i wouldn't see why somebody who's new to it wouldn't want to try to get the best paddle that they can because you're gonna go out there and you might get frustrated with it and it's gonna hurt and it's gonna you're gonna be sore and you know if you want to kind of alleviate that if you're somebody who has you know some health problems or physical health problems like that you know look into that that might alleviate some of those issues you know yeah Yeah. oh go ahead go ahead jimmy uh, something I remember from when I first got into kayak, and I think it was the guy that runs Headwaters Kayaks out there in California. Yeah, uh, his name had, Dan, Ar- Dan Arbuckle. Yeah, uh, I remember a video he posted, and he was talking about it when you're buying your first boat. So if you've got a thousand dollars to spend, don't just buy a thousand dollar kayak. Buy a seven hundred dollar kayak and a three hundred dollar paddle, mm-hmm. and it'll you'll appreciate it later. And I I didn't do that. Um, my first boat was a feel free, and I got one of their paddles, and their paddle is lighter. And still better than a store, well, you know, a box store paddle. But I, I got in a guy's boat at a demo day, and he handed me the Pro Carbon, and uh, mm. I was just like, "Oh, I understand." And I, that's when I bought my first Angler Pro. Uh, I didn't, I didn't drop the the big big money on the the Pro Carbon, but yeah, still yeah, so, so, yeah. I appreciate you saying that, uh, Jimmy. That's that's. You know, it's funny. It's funny. So if, if we let me just take you down the path of most kayak anglers in their paddle journey. Right. So <laughs> what happens? Right. They buy a used kayak. Right. <laughs> buy a used kayak from a buddy. Comes with a paddle. Right. I guarantee it's the wrong size. Ozark and, Trail. Yep. And then they, <laughs> then they go to they go to Bass Pro and they buy the Ozark Trail or they buy the um, the Ascend whatever. Right. And that comes with a paddle. And then they're like. <sighs> this isn't really working. You know, I, I can tell I'm, I'm, I'm skimming myself short. I want to start sharing some of this stuff and they go, they start to check out some of those opening price points. And it's, it's usually not till the third or fourth kayak that they actually start to realize or take the paddle seriously. And they're mm-hmm. like, I didn't realize how bad it was, Yeah. you know? And then they start at one of our more economical price points, which are great. And there's nothing wrong with them. Right. So the way we design a paddle, if it's a hundred dollar paddle, we look at a hundred dollars and say, how much can poor performance, and value can we put into this paddle? Like let's jam as much into it as possible so that when when Josh or Brad or Jimmy gets their first paddle, they realize the value immediately, but also, you know, they realize there's another couple clicks that they can go to see the, the like the true value. They can go see what, you know, people that paddle 20 miles a day to see what type of stuff they use. It's the mm-hmm. same designs. It's they're made in the same factory, right? So the same paddle we put in a, in a 17-foot sea kayak for somebody to go circumnavigate a country is the same stuff we put in fishing paddles. You know, we just make them a little more robust. We add a little bit more reinforcement. There's more rolls of, of carbon fiber in the shaft. So those things are thought through. 
But yeah, I mean, essentially, when you when you start at those opening price points, how much value can we put in that paddle for the for the dollar? Right, the English Scout. So many people started the English Scout. There's nothing wrong with the English Scout. It's I still heavy. love that paddle. It's heavy, but it's designed to literally take on any paddling conditions. Yeah. You know, you got 700 pounds of weight in the kayak. What paddle can take it on, right? Because what we don't want is you to get your first real good quality paddle, good Benny Branches paddle. You probably invested. You convinced your wife it's worth it, right? And then it breaks right away. Like that's just that's just not a, that's just you know that's just not mm-hmm. something we can afford. And then you go up a price point maybe to the classic, right? Classics are bestseller, ton of value. Mm-hmm. You bump up to a little bit higher performing, lighter components, and you keep going all the way to the ace, all the way up to the pro, right? So the pro is, I mean, the pro is the pro is the pro, right? It's won a ton of awards. It's got more performance. Um, it's got a, you know, it's got carbon fiber and composite material that we, with technology we borrowed from, you know, Boeing type aviation type type quality stuff. So it's literally the most ex- expensive stuff we can get our hands on. Um, so, and that's what you're noticing, you know, you're noticing, oh, like my back doesn't hurt as much. Well, yeah, it's, it's cause it's, I mean, it's the same stuff they put in race bikes, the same put, stuff they put in jet mm-hmm. airplanes, it's the same stuff, you know, we just laminate it into a blade by a redneck in Western Wisconsin, but it's the same type of materials. So, <laughs> um, I, I genuinely, genuinely feel you get what you pay for. You yeah. can, oh, you, 100%. But you that, can, if, if anything, yeah. the, that paddle, like there's a lot of stuff in the fishing industry that, I don't feel like when you pay that much for it, you really see it. I mean, there is other stuff, but the the paddle for sure is with vending branches is something like, like, like Josh is saying, like probably his best purchase, you know, favorite upgrade he's done in kayak fishing. I figure most people could say that and mm-hmm. be completely honest. Yeah. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Yeah, and you you described my journey as a kayak fisherman to a T. I I went three <laughs> you guys are laughing, but it's true. I, I went three kayaks, uh, had a crappy paddle the whole time. And then I finally invested in an angler classic about four years ago, had that for a couple years. And then Josh was great, gracious enough to uh, let me use his angler pro. And, uh, on a trip, he actually used your wife's whisper paddle or something like that. Right. During that trip. Uh, it was pink, I, I think. No, no, no. I, no, I had my um, I had my English Scout still because I had the okay. I had the Kusa HD, and I had that's that's the boat I still had at the time when we went. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, I had that kayak, and we I had both paddles with me. I just brought mine. So right, you suffered all day, so I could check out the amazingness <laughs> of the Angler Pro. Well, I, I mean, you know, so it's like <laughs> Andrew's talking about, like a lot of people get the sticker shock from it. And I'm like, dude, but it's, you know, you, you've had the classic and I'm like, it, it's just try it out. That's what all I got to say. I'm like, I guarantee if you spend an eight hour day with that paddle that you'll be sold on it, you know? Oh, so I had my own Angler Classic like two weeks later. <laughs> That's just how, Angler, how Angler Angler Pro, Pro, yeah. That's how Brad kind of is, though. Like, he doesn't look like he wants to spend money ever. He, yeah. And then he turns around and buys a Torquedo. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
He, he had five something kayaks. Was like, five. gotta have it. <laughs> I think, uh, who, who is it that uh, Barney Stinson from uh, How I Met Your Mother knew was always better? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you described my journey to a T. I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Off of how you, you started that conversation, we could segue over. You know, you were talking about, you know, they you get into it with a cheap boat and a paddle that came with it. And this isn't for me, you know, and a lot of guys are, you know, still using the wrong paddle or don't like paddling. And that's when they get into the mechanized end of it, you know, motors and, mm-hmm. and paddles or uh, and pedals. I'm sorry. And like you were saying, um, how does, you know, a great paddle company stay relevant with the direction kayak fishing is going with that? Yep. That's a great question. Okay. So, Look at our industry today, and uh, how many paddle-only companies are there? Not, you know, not many. <laughs> yeah, you get a lot. Of, you get a lot of paddles from stores, box stores. You, you know, there's a lot of big conglomerates that also sell paddles. But when you only make paddles, you're pretty good at it, mm-hmm. right? What do your engineers test? Paddles. What does your customer service team talk about? Paddles. When you go to shows, what do you what do you sell? You, you paddles. You know, so the, the, the focus, the, the dedication leads to uh, a, a sheer determination that regardless of the price point, regardless of who you are as an angler, regardless of your background or your budget, you're going to get a genuine person that, that cares and is going to make sure you got the right gear. Um, I, I don't care if you're in a mechanized boat. You sh- should be. Mechanized boat. Pedals are awesome. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you're a fool if you, if you don't think it, but if you need to paddle, if you need to maneuver your boat, or if you get stranded, or if something goes wrong, yeah. or if you want to flip to, a, a, if you're in sh- uh, shallower waters, I prefer to have something I trust. And right. I, I don't, I, I can confidently say I don't I don't trust any brand better than our own because I, I've seen it and I know the people and I know what's behind it. I can tell you like if, if my life depended on it in a, in a paddling situation, I would want our stuff, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's, tested it's it's proven it's designed for it's designed for a specific application it's designed for you to fish from mm-hmm. okay so, so anyone can put a tape measure on the shaft anyone can put a, a notch in the blade or make things color you know a color you like or, or pretty but you know ultimately if someone's going to put it through the robust testing that it takes for you to be put in that application absolutely you know if you want to if you want to be in any mechanized boat i i think it's awesome and, and i don't blame you for the slightest that's why that's the the market is, is headed that way, and that's why it's so awesome. But I genuinely think if buy our cheapest paddle, buy a whisper for sixty bucks, and at least put something on there that you you can confidently know that if you need it, you're going to be proud, and you're not going to have to worry about it. You know, you know it's like like a spare tire in the back of your car, right? Yeah. If your spare tire doesn't work, and you get a flat, what good's a spare tire? I, I like that. I like that analogy, and I, I always tell people that. You're, you still need a paddle if you have pedals. Cause I know like say, say like a Hobie, you're, you're not going to be able to use that Hobie until you're away from shore in at least two feet of water. hundred percent. And that's where you're going to need a paddle. Well, and then like a lot of, a lot of like I, myself, like I have, you know, pedals with one boat and I have a motorized, you know, kayak. That's just to get me to what I like to fish. Once I get over there, I'm, you know, marred up in grass and stuff, you know, dry, comes out and the bending branches paddle comes right back out i mean it it doesn't it's not an end game by going mechanized i mean my my paddles still get abused in all of my boats whether it's paddle only or motor 
Right. See, um, I, I, I like the motors and everything, but it, it, like you said, when I get to the spot, the, the paddle comes out. I just feel like I can adjust quicker and get a cast in faster than I can with like a motor or pedals. Sure. I, I'm not knocking the pedal drives or anything. It's just, I, I've, I've experienced the turn radius on some of these kayaks. And I'm just, I'm not really that impressed. Yeah. Especially when you're trying to maintain position. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. And we, we hear that a lot, you know? So, uh, you know, I, I remember in like 2015 or 16 when people are like, Oh man, you guys, you guys are going to start making pedals. Like, mechanized boats what are you guys going to do and i'm like this is the same thing we've done you know forever so we'll right. just we'll, you know we'll we'll let things settle um and you know when, when people need something that they can trust we'll, we'll still be here right yeah, don't fix it. yeah. It, I, I think the average angler or the yeah well the average angler isn't in a pedal drive either most of them are still paddling because they can't afford that price point of a pedal drive yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. You know, you, you said something about sticker shock. It's like the good paddle is like your first good investment when you first get into it. And then it's all downhill from there. It's like bending, <laughs> bending branches helps you spend good money. And then it's like, you know what? That $5,000 kayak's not too expensive. No. Yeah. <laughs> branches paddles the gateway drug <laughs> <laughs> you got you finally pulled the trigger on you're like all right now let's go ahead and get that 10 inch screen depth finder and oh geez yeah, i got a motor attached to the back <laughs> it's like but you know uh, here's a maybe if you could throw this recommendation out then because brad and i came and jimmy actually the three of us are like diehard river guys at heart. Um, And that's still my favorite way to fish. Like, I mean, I've been up, I went to St. Clair and had the small mouth fest and it was a blast. Um, But I still, there's nothing like I go out fishing in the rivers and it's not really as much about fishing as it is. It's in a, in a sense for me, it's like sort of hiking, you know, it's that kind of relief for me. So like it's, I just wanted to get your opinion then. What do you think is the best bending branches paddle out there for the river guy who still wants to kind of keep it pure like that? You know, just paddle, no motors, no no pedals, just go out, do some smallmouth fishing. And, you know, what what do you think of overall best looking at like durability, weight, you know, that sort of thing? So the best river paddling uh, a fishing paddle that we have, in my opinion, is the Angler Ace. Mm-hmm. And if you go to Middle Tennessee, um, it's it's most of our sales because it's shallow, it's rocky. Um, there's some rapids along the way, and we sell Angler Aces, just crazy. Um, and it's it's just what I what I describe it as. So the Angler Ace was designed and built by our operations manager. And engineer by trade, super practical. Everything has to be data-driven, justified, performance, you know, tip to tip. Like, what could you put in a paddle that you could put in any condition and absolutely love? He made the ace. So the ace is carbon from tip to tip. So you get the carbon shaft like the pro, but you get our strongest blade. And anytime you can injection mold carbon fiber and nylon pellets together in a gas-assisted mold, it's the strongest option there is. Mm-hmm. So in terms of performance for the dollar and, and robustness for any rocky r- river conditions, whether it's shallow, 
pushing off something, you're stuck between a, you know, you know, maybe you've got stuck between a strainer or something, any type of those uncertain conditions, I always start with the ACE. Um, truly believe it's, it's the best value of what we offer. Uh, if, if you want to be a little bit more price conscious, the classic is awesome as well. It's just, I don't want to say a touch more fragile, but it's, it's, it's just a, a, a nice click down, just a nice step mm -hmm. down, a little bit lower in price, similar value, similar performance. Um, and you're going to get uh, you know, a lot of a lot of value for the dollar at either of those two price points. If you want to go above the ace, uh, generally speaking, I try and talk people into the Angler Navigator, like Jimmy talked about. Mm -hmm. Angler Navigator and Navigator is super freaking tough. Uh, the way that blade is designed, the way that's laid up, it's it's designed and packed to have so much robustness. You can put it in anything. And and I, generally speaking, when I talked at River Anglers, they're they're more concerned with durability. In the in the unknown, whether it's you know tight conditions, rocky conditions, maybe a little bit of rapid rapid those sorts of things. Um, so I typically won't go one of those three routes. I, I completely agree with that. I think the Angler Ace is a great paddle, and then um, the Angler Navigator. I own oh. one. I'm I'm afraid to take that thing out. <laughs> it's because it's so beautiful, man. <laughs> Dude, so I I broke mine in right on the second trip. I do a lot of loop casting and skipping and I was yeah. throwing a heavy jig and I reared up and tossed that thing as hard as I could. And I hit the paddle and now I have a quarter size dent in that paddle. Huh. And it's just, it, I mean, it didn't mess the paddle up or anything. I've had no, no problems with it, but I smacked it and it just made me sick. But now I'm not afraid to, you know, push off the rocks or, you know, I've used it as, uh, trekking poles, you know, going from like one pond to the other. It, it, it was the keepsake and now it's the workhorse. So, so here's your, here's your pointer of the day for, for anyone that owns an angler navigator, any wood paddle, take care of the wood, service the wood like you would anything, you know, you want to keep looking timeless. So mm -hmm. you can, you can kind of sand out any dent you get, you know, any, any scratches you get in there, any, any, bevels to the wood you can sand that out and re-varnish it put a fresh coat of varnish over top and maintain that wood just like old canoeists used to do with their paddles um, and that will prolong the life quite a bit and if you don't feel comfortable doing it you can send your paddle to us and we'll do it your varnish isn't going to be as good as ours our varnish is, is super proprietary but the basic marine grade varnish that you get can just do wonders for prolonging the life of it wood is wood is not delicate our wood is super reinforced, but those little extra things can can keep your paddle literally lasting decades, decades and decades. Interesting. You know, it's it's good to know. I wasn't sure like how much of the blade was actually wood. You know, I wasn't. I didn't know if it was like an overlay or or if it was even actually you know like quality wood. I mean, not that y'all would skimp. I just you know with blades going to the you know, plastic, nylon, and carbon, and you know, different types of glass and stuff like that. I wasn't really sure, but it, you know, like again, I put it's, I smacked the mess out of it and it's held up perfectly fine. I, that was, I've had it all year like that. And that's, yeah. I've actually only been using that paddle up until recently. Yeah. Wood, wood's, wood's tricky to manufacture. So when you work with wood, uh, you know, you want to be smart about which woods you use. You want to use dense woods. You want to be, use durable woods, sustainable woods, things like that. But the, the amount of like sustainability practices and, and manufacturing procedures we have to follow to work with wood, very labor intensive. Oh, I bet. You know, so, yeah. So, so 
generally speaking, margins on wood products are always the worst just because there's so much you have to do in order to buy wood, in order to cut wood, in order to be sustainable and organic with wood. Like there's so many things we have to go through and, and it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. But I, I always say like the wood is, the, that's the best wood that we have access to, but you still take care of it. You know, you mm -hmm. want it to last forever. Yep. Yep. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Jimmy? Yeah, man. Look like you're about to say something. Oh, no. I thought you were <laughs> I'm looking at your bubble. I could hear you breathing and your bubble was moving, so I thought you were about to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, do you guys finish with like, uh, like 10, 10 fast questions? Or do you guys like to get into like favorite favorite spots, favorite jigs, favorite stories? How do you guys you guys got to do something playful, right? I mean, we we can throw something together real quick. <laughs> we well, I don't think we usually do, but for some for some reason, I know Jimmy's got stories, but I got a feeling oh, Josh, Josh has got some stories that he's just kind of just sitting on. That he's <laughs> just you're one hundred percent right. The first right. time I met Josh, his stories. Uh, <laughs> All of his stories are gold. Yeah, you know when you see somebody and you're just like, I want to sit around a campfire and drink bourbon and hear everything you have to say. Here's what's funny is I don't drink anymore because I used to drink too much. And it's hilarious because I get everybody, you know, we go out fishing and people are like, they're drinking. And I'm, they're like, well, why don't you have a beer with us? I'm like, well, let me tell you this one story. <laughs> and they're like, all right. Yeah, you're right. You should have any. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you could tell them about how uh, Trash Panda came to be. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that joke's kind of lame, or that story's a little lame. It's hilarious, but so back in the day, me and my friends, we used to like play tricks on each other camping, and we used to like, if somebody was being like stupid that night or you know like out of control, we would like throw food around their tent because they used to backpack a lot. So then raccoons would literally come up and bother you know their tent all night. Well, when I first met Brian and Jay was at Cowan Lake, couple uh, not this past summer, summer before for the Ohio meetup for Paddle and Finn. And they made their way down from Chicago. And we had this big, like, kind of, like, get together. It was about 20 people or so. And um, we were joking around. And I, somebody, we were talking about something. And I took the rib bones. They had made ribs. And I threw them underneath Brian and Jay's camper. <laughs> and... So, cause I was like, it's going to be like, I, I've been to Cowan Lake. They have this huge raccoon problem. Right. 
<laughs> and um, it backfired and bit me in the ass. And the raccoons came out of the woods right next to my tent. So as they would, like there was a trail. And all night long, I would just hear these raccoons come out of the woods and rub against my tent as they were walking over to the camper, <laughs> just back and forth all night. And we were laughing about that. And Jay said, you know, something about trash pandas. And I'd heard that term before. And I forgot about it and how golden it really is. So, you know, we nicknamed like we were laughing about it through the whole weekend. And then I acquired the nickname Trash Panda. So got it. <laughs> I love yeah. that. That's so, a good story. That story guess, Josh and Milford and the cheese. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a good one too. It's We're been a million times though. Yeah. It's been like on the pod like three hundred times probably. It's yeah. It's so bad. <laughs> well, we, we we can here. Let's do this. We can close out this uh, this segment with a, a crazy paddling story from Andrew, if you got one. Yeah, I got I got I got stories for sure. You know, um, you know. So at Benny Branches, you pretty much have to paddle to work here. It's mm -hmm. not required before you come to work here. But eventually you will become a paddler. It's basically pre pre pandemic. Every Thursday, factory shuts down about four o'clock. We hit a local river, um, and as 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 much as I paddle, as long as I've paddled, I mean I, I've paddled thirty seven miles in a given day, so I, I I know what I'm doing. I still have a tendency to dip all the time. I don't know what it is. I like if 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 there's if there's like a 5% chance that if you hit this one strainer, you're going to go in, I find my, I find a way to hit it. <laughs> you know, so every, every trip, every trip, we go on these trips called otter hole trips. And um, I can't really tell the, the reason why it's called the otter hole trip, but I'll tell you, it's called the otter hole trip. And you go on these trips and every year we do it in like April and in Wisconsin, April, it's still cold. Rivers are just defrosting, you know, it's, and you know, it gets below freezing at night. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the trip is. I, I find a way in. And I mean, there's been trips where I've just given up on my kayak. I've given up on my gear. <laughs> I dry suit the works. And I just, I just abandoned ship. And I don't know what it is. And if you ask anyone here and they'd be like, hey, I, you know, I heard Andrew's pretty good at, at paddling or, or kayaking. Does he ever flip? They'll tell you, they'll tell you something. Uh, so even though I've been here a long time, it's still one of my more embarrassing things is I find a way into the water. <laughs> you know, knock on wood i still haven't went in so uh, i've had ridiculously close i mean like i got i got stuck on a rock and my buddy t-boned me he went out and i didn't don't know how that happened and then i've i had my flint i got washed and uh it's like a cutback and the current swirled it was like the current was crossing real bad and it like I shifted my weight wrong and it stood the flint up on its side and I was so far over trying to stay in it. I had my hand around the boat and in the uh, scupper hole holding on and I somehow got it back down. Didn't lose any gear. You know, one of my legs got wet, but I never came out of the boat and that's, that was my last close call. So, but yeah, yeah. so far I haven't went for a swim. I haven't either, man, but I know it's going to happen because it happens to all of us. First time me and you fish together, it's happening. I'm going to throw you in. <laughs> all right. I got, I got some quick questions to try and make it playful for you guys, uh, for you guys close this out. Of the high-profile anglers in our, in our industry, who uh, who's your guys' favorite? 
Oh, Drew Gregory. No question. Russ Snyder um, has nothing to do with his tournament finishes. When you meet Russ and just talk to him, he's so genuine. And he is so smart with, like, fishing, like, the detail. And, I mean, Drew is, too. Yeah. Russ is, like, you just connect with Russ. It's like he's known you his whole life when you meet him. Hmm. Um, Don't I'm say always... Brad. No, dude. Brad's on the bottom. <laughs> Brad's like the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> he's the janitor. Um, no i'd have to say matt ball i've always been a big fan of matt um like you know i remember you know reading stuff and seeing videos with him when i first kind of got into this um you know i've always been a huge fan of drew also um i kind of but like one of our local guys um aaron you know aaron right brad yeah aaron aaron was the one that kind of got me into like specifically the Coos HD and some of the, he was just putting out these YouTube videos and I was like, that's what exactly. Cause he lived in Ohio and stuff like that. And it's just turned, I kind of fell upon his videos, you know, through Jackson researching Jackson. And I was like, well, this guy lives just up North from here. And you know, his rivers look exactly like mine. And, you know, and, and I got to meet him, you know, a couple of years ago and super friendly person, like really down to earth. And, you know, like he's, he's just a really cool guy. And I appreciate that. You know, there's nothing worse than, you know, as niches kayak fishing kind of is in a sense, it's getting bigger and bigger, obviously, but you know, it's just, I, there's a difference between what you see of people social media wise and how they truly are in real life. Um, you know, you can make yourself look to be the best person on the planet on Facebook, but you can suck as a person when somebody truly talks to you and Aaron and Matt, I've never met Matt, but I've kind of talked to him a little bit through Facebook. He's just genuine. Um, and I, I've met some people who've, you know, talked to him as well, but Aaron was super, super genuine. The first time I ever met him, uh, totally friendly, came out, fished with us, you know, and, it's just, it, that kind of goes a long way for me, you know? So, and I haven't, I, I'm not a big tournament guy, so I don't get to meet as many high profile names as like Jimmy does. And, um, you know, like some of the other guys do because they, they fish more of a national kind of level than I do. Um, mine's real local and I rarely do local tournaments, but you know, that's, a, I, I like genuine, you know, true to their, you know, selves. I mean, I don't, I, if you want to, be a jerk, just be a jerk. <laughs> be a jerk all around. You know, like, <laughs> like Josh Smith at Dark Waters. That guy sucks. <laughs> Jesus, we have an ongoing joke with that guy. Brad, did you do his negative review? Was that you? Yeah. Yeah, he asked me to. Okay. So I, I had to. <laughs> I can't so, remember hey, what it said, Andrew. Hey, but they sent hey. us a picture of like somebody left a just garbage review of his podcast and it was Brad. (laughs) Well, there was a few guys that did it, but I was one of them. I just, Uh, I just talked to him this week. (laughs) Josh Smith posted today trying to get people to subscribe to his YouTube channel. I was like, Oh yeah, I subscribed to the worst thing on YouTube. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, everybody's going to keep it going now that he did it. Like, okay. If you don't know who Josh Smith is, Andrew, he's like, He's a dude from New York, ex-Marine, 
He started a kayak fishing. He's he drinks, you know, curses. Chucks I love the beer. Chucks the beer and swears the entire podcast, right? Yes, yeah. love it. It's hilarious. And we've been. He did our he did our tournament, our little bracket tournament with us last year, and he came on. And the episode that he came on was priceless. It was like inviting WWF straight into the podcast. Like he came in <laughs> high cussing, talking smack, and so we've all kind of messed around with each other since then. But he kind of stirred the pot and he said, Hey, go give me a review. The worst review you can. I'm trying to grow my customer, you know, my fan base. So everybody's been dropping just obnoxious <laughs> reviews for him. It's, yeah, that's been awesome. Some of them yeah. are pr pretty good. So yeah, he, he asked, he asked for some stuff and uh, I didn't know anything about him. And I started watching some of his podcasts and looking at the comments. I was like, this guy is really eccentric. Like I'm really confused. <laughs> Then I started reading further. I was like, oh, it's satirical. Oh, this guy's actually pretty well-liked. This guy's actually pretty funny. Yeah. And I told him, I was like, no, we're not doing donations right now, but I would be happy to talk to you about something in the future. He was so excited, and he he emails exactly like he talks, which I love people <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's awesome. You know? Oh, yeah. It's funny. We love you, Josh. Yeah. I, know he, I know he's listening. So, my uh, One of my favorite things to do is to uh, – like, like I told you guys, I've been, I've been here a long time. And when I first worked here, I was really young. I was fresh out of college. I was super skinny. Right. And, uh, I did all these fishing videos right when kayak fishing just started. Like we just launched it. I was in all these videos, all these like fishing videos want to interview us on stuff. And I was a tiny human being. And then I got older. I got into my late twenties. I got married. Right. And you, you know, you, you pack it on a little bit, mm -hmm. right. And I gained quite a bit of weight. So, uh, then, you know, when videos come out five, seven, eight years later, I like to go in and comment on a video that I'm in and say, I remember watching a video of that guy from 2011. He was like 70 pounds lighter. What happened to him? <laughs> and then I just sit and wait for people to comment and be like, shouldn't fat shame people on the internet. It's not nice. <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I could see John Hipsher doing that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do that now. John's super skinny. Yeah. yeah. So I can see him doing go, that. You go that's, back to like advanced way of trolling is by trolling yourself. And I do. I troll myself. If you go back and look at comments, old videos I was in, it's me commenting, being like, "What happened to that guy?" Bet you he got married. I do want to take a bet. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Who's um? Who's one of your favorite high-profile people in our industry? Um, he's not allowed to say. No, I, I could say I don't. I don't care. They'll they'll call me tomorrow. I don't care. I'll I'll talk to them. Tell them right to their face. Uh, <laughs> that, that's the beauty, though, is I've got to meet. I've been fortunate enough to meet most big people. I mean, I meet I meet people from from other companies. People, you know, like Jim Jim Sammons. Um, I really enjoyed having dinner with him one time. I would say the guy that I I, I genuinely enjoyed meeting the most was probably Gene Jensen. Mm. And him and I met at the Jackson Summer Summit probably five, seven, eight years ago. And he doesn't drink. And um, and, and I just sat down with him. And I remember like I, we we got up and it was five hours later. Hmm. And I was just like, and then I like I, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And he was he's talking to me like I'm at his level, hmm. right? And he went to the bathroom. And I remember Jameson Redding and came up and he's like, "Do you know who you're talking to?" And I'm like, "Yeah, Gene." And he's like, <laughs> "Google." or YouTube fluke master. And I was just like, Oh, okay. I looked up and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's That's like, cool. yeah. Yeah. And he was just the nicest, most genuine dude. But I would say like 
I mean, Drew Gregory is um, sensationally nice guy. Drew Gregory came to my wedding. Um, so I would say he's really nice. Jamison Redding is probably one of the most genuinely knowledgeable and well-connected people. I'm a big fan of him. And then you, you can't go wrong with Chad Hoover. Um, you, you, you pull back everything you see on the online and you actually meet him and spend time with him. Like he's just a, he's just a Navy redneck that loves to fish and bullshit. Um, yeah, he, he's a goofy dude. Me and Josh met him last year yeah. at our fishing show. Yeah. So him and I have shared a lot of, a lot of stories too. So I would say all those guys are really good. Um, they'll have really, really good choice in paddles as well. Uh, <laughs> Matt Ball's also a sensational guy. Big fan of Matt Ball. Um, but with all the, all the guys you mentioned, it's, it's one of the beauties of this industry is uh, even competitors. I will call up a competitor tomorrow and we'll have a genuine conversation about work and life and it'll be cordial. Um, and I, I could talk about anyone in this industry and I would generally say, I don't have a single enemy. Um, so that's, that's the beauty of this is um, talking to you guys or talking to anyone. It's, it's good people, good, honest, yep. good, wholesome people. That's just, it's fun to come to work. You know, my wife, my wife's in, my wife's in funeral care, right? Mm -hmm. And she's been in funeral care for a decade. Talk about polar opposite. We come right. over your stories and the perspective is just night and day. And that, that, that frames a, you know, that, that's a frame of reference for me. So like somebody who's, a former pro staffer of ours who, who has been booted from the team for three years will call and I'll, I'll take the call. You know, it might be awkward, but I'll take the call. I, I'd be happy to talk to you. Tell me about what's up. You healthy? You doing okay? Getting time on the water, those sorts of things. So it's just perspective. Awesome. awesome. Well, uh, we'll wrap this up, man. We're past an hour. It was a good episode. I enjoy having you on, man. It was a pleasure uh, meeting you and finally talking to you. It's been a long time coming. Thanks, Brad. Yeah, this is fun. See yep. you guys and, tomorrow. Yeah, same time tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish that we really could do stuff like that. Like, like we had Drew on on our, on our show recently, and you know, like that show could have went for like five hours. Yeah, and, you know, we've had a lot. Like uh, Greg Blanchard. Greg was on the show after the show, almost as long as he was on the show. Just we were just still going, and I, I wish we had a segment where we could just either keep it going or just be like an open invite for whoever wanted in every night. But That'd be cool. with Paddle and Finn, we got so many shows, you know, we're kind of covered with space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all good. Well, well thanks we'll for having me, guys. Man. It's been awesome. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank yeah. You. When, whenever uh, Benning Branches releases something new, we'll have you back on. We're working on it just because there's a pandemic. That doesn't mean the, uh, the, the, the geniuses here are not working. We're just, we're taking our time and trying to make sure when, whenever we do what's next, it's worth it. Awesome. Can't wait. All right, guys, we'll close it out. Thanks for listening. Uh, tune in tomorrow. I don't remember what shows on tomorrow because the schedule changed, but you'll hear back from us next week. We'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Finn. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Finn. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Finn at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Finn on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and 
and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep-sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at that belly. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. 